The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services. everybody happy thursday welcome to the craig folly show on deadline detroit coming up on the program today a couple of conversations i mean it is opening day i've got to head over towards the ballpark a little bit later on so i don't have a ton of time for the show today I've got meetings i've got people to meet and, and believe it or not these are legitimate meetings today it just so happens that's where everybody seems to be so I've got to go over there and say hello to a few folks today. Not going into the game, unfortunately, but uh, many of you are. And uh, hopefully I can sidestep some of the um, silliness that is taking place around the ballpark today. Coming up on the show today, a conversation with, with Violet Ekonomova from uh, Deadline Detroit about a, an interesting experience she had yesterday trying to get an interview with a policewoman from the Detroit Police Department. What should have been a very simple conversation, and not necessarily simple, but an easy conversation, turned into a very defensive and awkward kind of moment. I've got some thoughts on what these people should be doing when it comes to getting out there in front of the public and in front of the people. Time to loosen up a little bit. Also, speaking of loosening up, some of the people involved in the Mueller report suggest that Mr. Barr needs to be a little bit uh, looser when it comes to giving information about what's actually in that report They are complaining to both the New York Times and the Washington Post that perhaps some of their work has been misconstrued in the bar letter. We won't know any of this, of course, until it's released, and that could be sometime this month, but I've got a couple thoughts on that as well. Stay with me for the Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. I'm with my friend Violet Ekonomova uh, here from Deadline Detroit uh, to talk about just an interesting experience she had yesterday. And this isn't necessarily the most newsworthy thing that we're talking about today. But as somebody who did PR for uh, for a little while, I was a little bit shocked at at what Violet had to tell me about an experience she had yesterday. Violet, welcome. It's a pleasure to have you here. Thank you very much. Well, and of course, we should probably give some people some backdrop as to what it was you were talking about. There's an award being given out by the Detroit Police Department today. Yes, yes. So today, uh, the Detroit Public Safety foundation hosts an event called women in blue and uh historically you know it's they 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 nominate a bunch of female officers um sergeants all the way up the ladder spokespeople uh women who are doing excellent things within the department and then they pick one to be the winner of this award very esteemed honor they say uh, this year they opened it up to the fire department. So one woman in the fire department, one woman in the police department today were honored. And I wanted to do a story around this, uh, to be honest. You know, I was just trying to do something nice about the police department, which we, you know, just maybe balance uh, the, our critical coverage. Sure. Well, police departments <laughs> police departments typically get this kind of coverage. This is not unique to Detroit. Right. Um, you know, police departments are watched very, very carefully by news organizations and by citizens alike. So... Granted, they can be a little bit defensive at times. I get that. But this seems to have been taken to a bit of an extreme yesterday. Right. So uh, what I was trying to do was do a story, um, not necessarily on the event, but use the event as a jump off for a story about what it's like to be a woman police officer in Detroit. Like, this is one of the most dangerous cities in the country. Like, what is it like for a woman to be out in the field? Is it terrifying? You know, it's it's a male dominated profession, too. Still, I mean, there are many Mm -hmm. more women on the force than there used to be, but it's still a male dominated profession it's it's just that hasn't changed right 
And so when I tried to do this story, I was set up with an officer first. I asked for, I'm trying to make this as interesting as possible, as interesting <laughs> as a fluff piece can be. So I'm trying to get a ride along with an officer. I get the ride, the ride along is vetoed. I'm trying to meet the officer, uh, maybe in the field then, you know, just standing up, you know, where she might be patrolling. That is vetoed. What I get is a meeting in person at Detroit Public Safety Headquarters in a fluorescent lit conference room. And instead of just myself and the subject in this room, uh, four, no shortage, three, at least two spokespeople with the department are there. Somebody else with the department is there. And the head of the Public Safety Foundation is there. So it's it's a one-on, it's not a, it's anything but a one-on-one interview. I'm trying to get this woman to open up about gender issues in the department. And there are four other people in the room, three of them women, one of them men. And what was interesting about this is that like there was no interest in discussing gender issues. So here we and, have and, an event. Well, let's, and let's hold off for just yeah. a second. I mean, when we're talking gender issues, it's not as if you were saying, what type of discrimination right, have you faced? Right, you know, right, you weren't right. doing that. You're like, hey, look, how difficult is it as a woman to advance in this department? What do you need to do? Do you have to work harder? I mean, typical questions that you would want to ask somebody uh, that has chosen this as a profession. Right. There's nothing unusual or aggressive about that line of questioning. Right. So like even I just pulled up my because they needed the questions in advance as well. So I just pulled up (laughs) one of my questions and uh, it was even as benign as have any issues come up for you in law enforcement because of your gender. And I remember expounding upon this in the conversation, you know, anything in the field, uh, you know, and any even even something positive, like men showing you a lot of concern Um, And just the response I kept getting from my subject, perhaps because she was being watched by all of these (laughs) higher ups and like gatekeepers was, uh, no, I have had no issues. Um, I have had nothing but a great experience. And I believe like one of her especially great quotes was, I'm not the type of woman to be. Uh, intimidated by gender dis- disparities. Okay, so she basically <laughs> was arguing that I, I'm tough. Yes. I, it's not a big deal. But, I mean, you're looking for just – share some experiences. There's there, is there a time when maybe a perp was sort of, you know, laughing at you, thinking like, oh, there's no way you're going to do it. Tell me how you overcame that. I mean, right. something that shows that she is indeed tough. Right. Uh, or, you know, maybe it's a humorous anecdote, something out there. Right. Uh, and basically – but the thing that, that shocked me the most was that – they got to a point where they basically were had they'd had enough. They didn't. Yeah. Want- so um. So I'm I'm just like digging for any kind of interesting tidbits. She works in a unit that um, has a lot of female victims coming to it, and so I'm trying to learn more about the unit. Trying to learn like how did she get there? Was this an aspiration she had always had as a woman? Is being a woman women? an advantage in that situation? Yes. You know, do were they going to open up to you the way they wouldn't to maybe a male officer? Yes. Again, not a bad question. So. Uh, what happens when I go down this path discussing her unit is I get cut off and I'm essentially told uh, this is not what we're here to interview her about. You can ask her why she's been nominated for this honor. And Which I, would be included in a lot of the stuff that you were asking exactly, her Exactly, exactly. But, but so the, the best part was she goes, the, the spokeswoman who interrupted goes, This is geared around the lives of women in blue and why she's here and why she's chosen and all of the great things she wants to tell you about why she's going to be the next woman in blue. So, I mean, the the conversation was 
no, I, I was no longer in control at that point, you know, and as from a journalistic perspective, it's like very weird to have the rug pulled out from under you on what you thought was a fluff piece. Uh, like just a, well, not even a fluff piece, you know, like talk, highlighting like real issues. The reality of being a a woman and and a police officer in a city like Detroit, and you weren't necessarily, you're not looking for dirt here. Right. (laughs) This is like sort of a women's empowerment kind of a moment here where you can sit there and say, look, this is a tough job for anybody. You know, add in this this other thing. There are a number of barriers that have existed for a long time within the police department when it came to both minorities and women. That's just a fact. Right. Um, And you're looking to highlight this person. What is it about her? That makes her this woman in blue and makes her worthy of this type of 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 award. They doesn't seem like they're willing to talk about any of those qualities. Right, right. And more broadly, I mean, like if 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 there is a need for events like Women in Blue, that highlights that there is some kind of issue there, right? Yeah. There, there, there's a reason it's a male dominated profession, and yet that somehow became the elephant in the room when the whole event is premised on the notion that there are not enough women in law enforcement. So. It it was pretty wild. But I will say to my subject's defense, at one point she did note that, you know, women have a more nurturing aspect about them uh, and that the women in the department tend to be tough. So I think her quote was, you're able to nurture and also be stern enough to do your job and demand respect for your position of authority at specific scenes. So that's a plus for women, the nurturing aspect. But then not to be like to avoid getting in trouble, maybe I'm not sure why she couched that. She's like, not saying that men don't have that nurturing aspect. <laughs> well, it was a we crazy all have to interview. couch our statements like that these days. Yeah. I'm not saying. Right. But um, <laughs> at one point, there was an actual motion from one of the people who had been silent in the back where they actually did the throat cutting motion like yeah, this is like, done. We're yeah. cutting this off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there was um, behind her was a gentleman who I don't know who he was. I don't think he was with the comm staff, but he motions directly across the table. Uh, so I see I have he's in my direct line of vision he's motioning across the table at the comms team just on the cutoff and I believe I I couldn't remember exactly when that was but the cutoff came when I was just asking about her unit I imagine maybe they thought I was fishing for something about the unit I'm not really sure but at any rate it was odd well you know just as somebody who again who has done PR and knows the importance and the value of transparency, especially when it comes to dealing with the media, you know, it's best to provide what information you can and be as open as you can. And and if any department in city government anywhere needs humanizing, it is the police, is it not? Right. It it, it seems like this is an opportunity to actually put a face behind the uniform, uh, a real person behind that uniform, take their experiences into account. I don't understand why they would be so reluctant to allow this person to actually talk about their experience, even if they say, hey, when I first started, it was a pain in the butt. Now things are way better. I mean, there's an opportunity there for something like that. I just don't understand why they are so afraid to take that step. Right. Uh, I have no idea. I can't speak to that. And the other thing that's interesting, though, is like Detroit is actually somewhat far ahead of other cities when it comes to uh, gender issues. Like they have 20 their their police force is 25 percent women. And it's like in the teens the national average is in the teens so they're clearly doing something right and they didn't even really take the opportunity to highlight that so well yeah it just it didn't make a lot of sense to me but right. um and i understand like I said they can be on the defensive at times mm-hmm. um but this it doesn't seem like a good opportunity or, or a good tr- time to be defensive I, right. you know police need to 
need to loosen up a little bit and um, actually get out there. Yeah, and at the end of the day, what happens is you you provide a reporter with a bunch of platitudes, and then they just don't do a story. Yeah. So that's that's what happened here. Well, and this is as close to a story as we got. <laughs> right. We talked about this yesterday afternoon when you got yeah. back, and I, and I just said, you know, we should talk about this because I think there's a lesson in this for just about anybody involved in uh, in government or anything that sort of needs a little bit of light and transparency. Uh, yeah, take the opportunities when they're presented. Right. right. All right, Violet, we appreciate it very much. Better luck today with your subjects. Thank you very much, Craig. All right, and again, just a, a quick word for anybody that is actually thinking about doing this kind of stuff. Yeah, actually let your people let loose a little bit. Let them talk about their experience, what they do, what they like about their job, what they don't like about their job. People will understand. They want to hear the stuff. The real stories are what people actually respond to, and they help your reputation and your organization. There is no problem that is so great that you can't even admit that it might be there. Anyway, this is The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit. Craig Folly Show is made possible in part by Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Also, home to Deadline Detroit TV, which includes The Zip, a weekly wrap-up of the week's news with some humor. Deadline Detroit, one-stop shopping for all your news. Hey, Craig here. Thanks for listening today. I do appreciate it. Uh, you know, just a couple of thoughts on this, because as I said the other day when we were talking about uh, the bar memo that came out, basically the four-page summary of the multi-hundred-page Mueller report that suggested that there was no evidence of criminal collusion or conspiracy on the part of the Trump administration with Russia. It also suggested that there was evidence on both sides in terms of the obstruction of justice question. But they declined to decide whether or not there was anything worth charging the president over. Now, of course, the president has been running a victory lap, suggesting that this means that he's been totally exonerated, that there's no collusion. And, of course, those first impressions from that memo are very, very important from a political standpoint. Getting out in front of the message is very, very important from a political standpoint. But that's not necessarily what matters from a truth standpoint. And I knew it was just a matter of time before you started seeing some people who were involved in the actual investigation to get a little bit fed up with the way that the president has been talking about this or or even the fact uh, that they had written summaries that were not released as part of this, that they think that Mr. Barr's oversimplistic memo is giving people a false sense of what's actually in the report in an effort to basically say, nothing to see here, move along, all is well, sweep it under the rug, whatever. Now, all I said the other day was, we don't know what's in there, and we won't know what's in there until it's fully released. And we may never get a fully released version, at least not for many, many years, because of the redactions that are likely going to be in there. However, it is important to suggest and to see what evidence is presented on both sides of this obstruction argument and what evidence they found of possible collusion. Just because they say there is no crime here does not mean it didn't happen. So I want everybody to take a deep breath, see if we can't wait a couple of weeks, because I have a sneaking suspicion that there is more to this report than just a total exoneration of anybody. Now, it doesn't necessarily mean that there's criminal action in here, and it certainly doesn't mean that there's any impeachable offenses, but there could be some stuff in there that opens other doors of inquiry that people want to look at, or that frankly raises questions about the behavior of people involved in this presidency. Maybe they don't. 
I'll be satisfied one way or the other once I get a chance to read it. And I think we all should be. But if anybody thought that this was over, you were wrong. This is going to be with us for a long time. And once that report is made public and we see exactly what's in there, that's going to open up just a whole other host of avenues for people to go down, more than likely. And regardless of whether or not it rises to the level of a crime, it certainly is something that we should be thinking about before we head to the polls and start thinking about who the next president of the United States should be if this man should be returned to office. People deserve to know what is in there. Hopefully we'll get it soon. But in the meantime, just hang on. We'll get there. All right. We'll talk again tomorrow. Have a great day. Enjoy opening day if you're at the opener. Hope you had a blast. See you. The Craig Folly Show on Deadline Detroit is made possible in part by Mad Dog Professional Services. Mad Dog Professional Services focuses on putting their clients on the leading edge of technology faster than thought possible to capture new revenue streams. That's Mad Dog Professional Services.